Our first guest of the season is Anna Noviska, an equine dentist based out of Germany. After 10 years of working in an equine clinic, she decided to open her own practice in September of 2021. She gives advice on how often you should have your horse's teeth looked at, what to expect for a dental visit, what you can do to help your horse's teeth be healthy, and so much more. Anna can be found on Instagram under equine underscore dentistry. We hope you guys enjoy the podcast. As a little girl, I started riding. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents were kind enough to take me to a riding stable. And um, yes, that's how I how I fell in love with, with horses, you know, being so little, animals so big. And uh, yeah, I felt instant connection, but also it gave me I was quite shy, shy as a child and it gave me a lot of confidence just to be uh -huh. around, you know, it's such a huge animal that it's uh, actually letting me being close to it. Um, and then, yes, that's where my, my dream of becoming an equine veterinarian started. And uh, I followed it. I followed it through, hmm. through the years. Wow. Yeah. So what discipline uh, did you grow up riding? Um, I grew up riding classical, um, so European uh, okay. classical uh, style. Um, but later, I have to say, I had some contact with um, Western riding, and I prefer that yeah. style uh, much more because it's way more relaxed, way more natural. Yeah. Um, and I think you can connect more with the horse and the nature, but of course, I think you can do that in every discipline. Mm -hmm. But um, I still like doing both. Uh, but I prefer, um, I'm not a big of a, like sport rider. I like to do it in, you know, in my free time when I can be in nature and relaxed. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yes. If I have time for riding. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. Cause it gets pretty busy, doesn't it too? Very busy. Yes. 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 I, I, I am, uh, as a veterinarian, I, I get quite busy. I mean, I am specialized in dentistry, so I'm mm -hmm. luckily enough to be able to schedule my appointments. Mm -hmm. um, I emergencies I have very rarely now. Um, but I have to say, if I spend sometimes 10 hours in a stable somewhere, I'm not so eager to uh, yeah. go riding on that day. Yeah. Are you <laughs> just, are you mainly just with the equine uh, dentistry or do you do when you started in your veterinary, um, like, you know, with, with that, did you do large and small or just equine? Was that your specialty and you stuck with that then? Um, so I studied, like the studies, you learn both equine and other species, so also about cows, you know, other large animals sure. and also small animals. But um, I was uh, determined to follow the equine path. So okay. after um, after I graduated, I um, did so-called internship. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. a like a year of a general practice where you uh, you can. I mean, internships you can mostly do in uh, large clinics where you can uh, mm -hmm. see a lot of different disciplines. So internal medicine, surgery, dentistry, and uh, well, if you're lucky, also diagnostic imaging and um, other things like that. <laughs> and uh, during my internship, I had contact with almost all disciplines in, uh, in veterinary equine medicine. Mm -hmm. 
but I fell in love in dentistry. Uh, <laughs> you are one smart girl. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so you were saying like you um, once in a while get something that would be considered an emergency. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us like what would constitute an emergency and why we would need to call an equine doctor to come out in, in the middle of, you know, like the night or something? Um, so in the middle of, you mean a dentistry emergency or yeah. general mm-hmm. emergency? Mm-hmm. Dentistry so, emergency. Um, dentistry, um, I mean, it's, well, it's rarely life-threatening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, please wait <laughs> until morning to call okay. your vet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. if you're really worried, right. then, then of course call. Right. But, um, well, a fracture can be considered an emergency, so uh, both bone and uh, teeth mm-hmm. or one of the tooth can be fractured okay. it can be either due to a trauma so for example a kick from another horse or mm-hmm. um, the horse can bite on something hard like a stone um, and the tooth can fracture usually okay. it's because the tooth has already been been infected mm-hmm. but um, so there was a disease before uh, because usually healthy teeth, they don't tend to crack, but uh, that can happen as well. But uh, I would say the most severe um, emergency would be like a jaw fracture. Mm-hmm. So yes. if a jaw is displaced or or there is part missing, yes. um, there is definitely, you should call your vet immediately because the horse then cannot eat, which is, of course, not ideally, and they usually are also too painful to drink, so they get dehydrated mm-hmm. quite quickly. Okay. So how would you know that they had, like, maybe, you know, taken a bite on a stone and fractured something? Would you actually know if you just have horses that are out in the field like all the, the time? that you yeah. for? How would you know as an owner? Like what symptoms would you be seeing? Of course, you know something's off, but is there anything more specific to look for? Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. Well, that's actually why um horses can be very very tricky as patients because mm-hmm. they rarely show signs of dental pain mm, okay um so when we think of dental pain <laughs> that you know we yeah. might have like we cannot do anything you know we cannot eat we cannot yeah. uh, work you know horses they rarely have the luxury <laughs> um and the reason is that they are uh, prey or flight animals yes. so mm-hmm. um, anything that's abnormal will look uh, potentially it will be potentially easier to spot for the predator so mm. that's why they mm. are very reluctant mm. in showing pain mm. that's the one thing okay um, because because they are prey animals and um, you know if the fuel doesn't get in there is no right. power to, to flight to run away so they eat you know, uh, no matter what. Hmm. Um, actually, a lot of pathologists, they are discovered quite late because of that, because the owners, they say, well, my horse, he hasn't been eating, but it's been just one day. Mm-hmm. And then it started eating again. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's been quitting, maybe it's been losing a bit of food, but actually it has been eating. Um, so they tend to ignore it, which, you know, it's not because they necessarily are bad people or they don't want to help the animal, but just they compare it to us. Like if I had a fractured tooth, I can probably do anything, you know, exactly. and uh, the horses, as I said, they tend to hide it. Um, you mm. also, I mean, there are some signs that you can actually look for. Mm. Um, first, 
cycles, as I said, um, it's this quitting. So the horse would eat the hay, like he would take some portion of it, chew a little bit and then spit it out. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you don't only have to look at the horse itself, but also as its surroundings. Um, another sign would be extended salivation. So if you see that the horse is drooling, so if you can notice that there's actually a lot of saliva coming out, it's also a common sign of dental pain or they have trouble swallowing, for example. Um, and that can be quite dangerous because if they don't swallow the saliva, you know, it's many, many liters per day that mm -hmm. they produce or gallons. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and they can get dehydrated in that way very easily. Um, you know, another sign can be that you can notice a swelling somewhere, like, you know, here on the jawline or in the upper uh, upper jaw. Uh, sometimes people, you know, they call a vet and they, um, they say came a big orange size, like swelling overnight. And, you know, I believe them because it can, can go quite fast, mm -hmm. but the tools usually has been, has been diseased for a longer time. Mm -hmm. um, and you, um, Exactly. I mean, if it's a if it's a upper jaw where the tooth is infected, um, there will in many cases also come a nasal discharge. So like a lot of fluid mm -hmm. coming out of the nose. Mm -hmm. If it's unilateral, so if it's going only from the one side and if it's smelly, yellowish, it's almost 100 percent that it's coming from a diseased tooth. Hmm. Wow. OK. OK. Um, Yes, a bad smell, for example, from the oral cavity, some from the mouth. Mm -hmm. It can also be a sign of the of the dental disease and dental pain, because um, some horses tend to have um, wider interdental spaces. So if you have kind of a the, the food comes in, but it has troubles coming out, so it mm -hmm. stays there and gets uh, gets rotten. Yeah. Right. That's where the <laughs> that's they where the bacteria yeah. have yeah. the perfect environment to grow, right. and that's what what causes this the smell. Which okay. you know, bacteria lead to lead to caries that lead to fracture. So okay. you know, one thing leads to another, and um, but that's a big reason why it's it's so important to check the horses regularly, even if they are fine, even if they don't show any signs of pain, just to you know get them checked yeah. once a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the checking once a year then, and then to actually have like the uh, dentistry done, I mean, of course, you know, do you suggest doing that more often than with your horses then to have their teeth floated and uh, that type of thing? I mean, um, floating is one thing, but as important, or I would say even more important is good uh, oral examination. Okay. Um, it's, I'm a big advocate of sedation, so, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's really worth to um, call a veterinarian because, I mean, there are also technicians who might be doing a fantastic job floating, you know, but mm -hmm. without sedation, but you cannot actually have a proper dental examination mm -hmm. when horse is not sedated because you need to use a mirror. Mm -hmm. So it's very important as a horse owner, as a horse owner to, to you know, have a look at those things if you're a veterinarian or technician is using a mirror or an endoscope or is using a dental probe you know to actually check all the interdental spaces all the pulps because sometimes the changes they are very very small mm -hmm. you know and you cannot really you cannot really see see everything properly when the horse is moving you know when the mm -hmm. horse is uh, 
you know, chewing constantly on the on the speculum. So um, as I said, I'm I'm a big advocate of always sedating the horse for the procedure, and um, also for the as you said floating, um, because um, you can actually also have a very good look of what part of 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 dental substance you actually need to take off or float uh, because what uh, a lot of there's a, a common misconception a lot of people think that teeth grow back you know they do not mm -hmm. um, the horses have a set amount of dental substance and it's it's it has to be um, enough for their whole life mm -hmm. so the less you take off the better so you know the better look you have the more you can actually mm -hmm see which uh, which parts of the tooth you have to float okay. hmm. um yes <laughs> if we're if we're if somebody's brand new into horses and they don't even know about this this floating or you know i mean examinations you're saying once a year but floating why would you want to have a horse's teeth floated what can you expect as a person that for the first time uh like if one of my girls were to run out and, you know, do a floating process, which you guys haven't done yet, mm -mm. what would they expect when they go out there as, you know, the horse owner? What would they see? Um, you mean if, uh, how does the procedure look like or? Yeah, like, I mean, what do you do to the horse? What would the horse owner, does the horse owner have to be there the entire time? Um, is there anything that's like, I, when I was younger and saw some of these things, I was, you know, very scared about what had happened. And, <laughs> and I was always nervous with the tools and the shots and things like that. So to me, it was like, a, it, I always felt bad for the horses and the horses always seemed to do just fine. But, you know, you just, what would you expect to see if you walked out there and you were brand new to it? So, I mean, I can definitely understand <laughs> what you're saying because it's also, I had this experience as well as a child, um, <laughs> you know, the vet would come, not even talk to anyone, like give ejection, do something and then go, you yeah, know, yes, yes, but yes. those times are done <laughs> happily, <laughs> like uh, communication with the owner is a huge part of mm -hmm. my job and of any modern veterinarian, I would say. Um, well, I put a lot of emphasis of really informing owners what's happening, what will happen, uh, is it painful for the horse or not, because a lot of people, they, you know, when they see those big machines, as you said, they, yeah. get, they get very scared. Yeah. So I put, as I said, a lot of emphasis of really explaining what's happening. Mm -hmm. There is also a lot of paperwork involved, you know, so there is all those <laughs> yes. papers that need to be signed for sedation. Mm -hmm. This is a standard that, um, you know, um, these days. Um, so first mm -hmm. I do the, the check. So I, I kind of say hello to the horse. I, um, I, you know, I check if he's, uh, if he needs the procedure, you know, because I, I, I palpate the, the face, see if there are any sharp points. Uh, I have a look at the incisor first, and then I do a general check for the horse if it's fit enough to be sedated. Um, so there is, you know, standard check of the cardiovascular system, digestive tract, if everything's working. And uh, if the horse is well and fit, it can be sedated. Um, I flush the mouth first. So you always need to like take the rest of the food out. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and then I start my examination. So I check uh, how the occlusion is. So the occlusion, that's um, the contact between uh, lower and upper cheek. Mm -hmm. And then the and the ideal um, 
like in the perfect world, it's, all the teeth are in contact with yeah. each other. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's what's called the perfect occlusion. But um, a lot of horses, horses have so-called mal-occlusion. So that's when teeth don't have contact, when some of the teeth are misplaced or, you know, that's also mm -hmm, corrected. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a check with my mirror and with my dental probes. I have a look if, uh, if there are any pathologists. And uh, as I mentioned before, which part of the tooth or need to be floated. Um, yes. And then I start the float. Um, this can be quite uh, noisy, mm -hmm. but yes. uh, if the horse is sedated, they don't, right. they don't really care. Hmm. And this is also very important to say that the floating itself, it's not painful for the horse. Okay. It's good to know. Um, Yes, it's it it looks very can look very unpleasantly because yes. you know it's loud. It's like yeah. you have this electric vibration in, you, in in the mouth, and it's really not uh, not pleasant. That's why it's also nice if the horse can be a little sedated. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and after float, I do recheck again if everything you know works mm -hmm. perfectly, mm -hmm. and then the horse can um, horse can have like one hour of rest mm -hmm. when they um you know when the sedation wears off um it's important that for one hour they don't eat anything because it can um the food if they are not um awakened yet yes. if they start mm -hmm. eating uh, too soon they can have um esophageal obstruction you know they kind of choke okay um if that happens you also need to call your veterinarian immediately mm -hmm. um and the horse cannot be ridden for about 24 hours. Okay. Okay. That's good mm. to know. How long does this process yeah. take from the time that you start your examination to kind of the end? Um, it usually takes uh, 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, oh that's oh, not that's bad. Quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yes. quick. How many, how many horses can you do if you have a barn full? How many do you say <laughs> this can... is too many or right around this range? Uh, so I do usually between four and six horses per day. Okay. Uh, I don't do more because um, if I do five or six, the last one is as good as the first one. Okay. If I do more, uh, I'm not focused any like I'm not mm -hmm. as focused at, at the beginning, and uh, I just yeah, that's the amount that's the perfect amount that I found for me. I know there are people that do ten horses per day, but that's way too much mm -hmm. yeah too many Sorry. <laughs> yeah is there anything that you would tell horse owners that you feel is um not the best thing to feed your horse that can create problems with their teeth i mean in general i mean we feed grain but there are supplements in the grain and of course they get mm -hmm. their hay and grass that type of thing but are there other things that people maybe should avoid and it would be helpful to their horses and to them um, so, of course, um, yes, the best thing would be to send your horse off somewhere to a step <laughs> where he can, uh, you know, live in a natural environment. And mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, the horses in the wild horses, you know, they say they don't really need dentists. This is both true and not true because the, the feeding pattern is different. You know, mm -hmm. they, they, they graze for a, a almost whole day and half of the night, but they, they actually, you know, First of all, the, the feeding material is different. It's much harder, you know, so it's, it's much better for the for the dental wear. Okay. Um, 
I guess I would say try avoid those big, beautiful green cow-like pastures. You know, mm -hmm. this is what uh, for a lot of horse owners is like this ideal environment where they see their horse getting fat and happy. Yes. Uh, but this is actually not the perfect um, mm -hmm. both for the dental and the whole digestive mm -hmm. tract. You know, okay. you need to really be grass can be if not limited can can be quite dangerous mm -hmm. um of course not for all horses but for some mm -hmm. it all need to be you know considered individually um i guess a general advice i would give is give as um as little concentrated food so uh, if you need to give grains then give oats like okay. the food should be as you were yeah. talking, we lost you when you were speaking about avoiding like processed things and supplements then. Yes. Okay. Yes. So this is a very big uh, market, I would say, the supplements. I mean, of course, and if oats, there is, there is a supplement uh, needed, you have to give it. Like if so, if there is, for example, a lack of selenium or magnesium in, in, in blood, you definitely should put some supplements, but not try avoiding giving it just because, you know, it's there, it's available, you know, mm -hmm. you can, you know, my, maybe uh, some of your colleagues in stable do it and it smells nice, it's beautiful. So, you know, because we also tend to, you know, we want to treat the horse, we want to give him something good. So mm -hmm. um, we buy, for example, this beautiful muesli or, you know, something that we would like to eat. Yes. <laughs> the hot yeah, yeah. right, right. Exactly, exactly. Molasses, but it's, if, right. you, if you look, if you really look at, um, at the content, it's mostly sugar and uh, mm -hmm. substances that are not so, not so well. In general, I would say try to uh, give as much, uh, as many, like as, as much structured food like hay and uh, don't, you know, without long breaks between and as little processed food as possible. And if you want to give some horse um, like a treat, make it a carrot because it has less sugar mm -hmm. than, for example, bananas, because in Germany, a lot of people feed horses bananas. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Okay. We've never, okay. I don't we think we've ever done, done that. I don't think. Uh -uh. <laughs> Please don't start this now. Okay, no, we're not going to try it. I no. will tell you, we do in the wintertime give them peppermints. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Oh, you do? Okay, well. So we should not. So that's not, that's, that's a thing bad. we should not do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No to the peppermints. But carrots and apples, Apples are okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, carrots and apples are okay. Of course, if horse doesn't have caries or uh, any other disease, this is this is fine. Um, if it needs, uh, you know, grain, then oat is perfectly fine. You really don't need any special kinds of process, okay. specially produced uh, food. Like, you know, in Germany, we also mm -hmm. have, I don't know, dressage line or right. horse yeah. jumping, like show jumper right. line. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, right. Yes. <laughs> Do you um, suggest anything like in a for like when you're talking about pastures not being lush and green? Is there a grass mix that you suggest for people if they supplement their pastures or any type of a pasture? Or what's you know, is there anything that you could um, give some maybe some ideas on with that for pasturing? I mean, there is definitely nothing wrong with the pasture as long as it's not like 24 hours. And as I said, like this lushy green, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's really much more appropriate for for cows. <laughs> okay. Um, 
you can like hay you know it's mm -hmm. like uh, good quality of hay it's always always a good idea there are also for example for older horses that are not able to right. to chew hay properly right. there are uh, so-called cups i think they're hay cups so you can it's actually like um, dried hay or grass pellets that you can soak with water yes. but it's also very natural it's a structural food okay mm. good good to know Okay. We, I mean, like with our one pasture, cause they are in pastures here. We don't have um, a barn at the facility that we're at here right now. Yeah. The pony and, or the two ponies that we have, we have the uh, grazing muzzles on to not get so yeah. much. I mean, they, is that something that you should do if you, if that is your only option? Um, I mean, yes, this is definitely a good, uh, a good, so I mean, it's a good and bad solution. Yeah. You also have to check the teeth because some of the, especially the ponies, they would try to to graze through it, you know, so they sometimes they, they damage the front teeth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but yes, to some owners, I definitely would recommend that because otherwise they just, you know, they explode there, they, they get too fat. Um, mm -hmm. And try to avoid a long 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 periods when they when they wear it you know like not longer than two or three hours oh okay um is there a certain type of grazing muzzle that you suggest i know um some are made out of like a hard rubber some are made out of actually they look like little metal cages almost mm -hmm. or you know boxes or whatever is there anything that you suggest for people that have horses that have tendency to overeat like that or you want to be sure they don't founder uh, well, I, I don't like the metal ones because, mm -hmm. you know, as a dentist, right. Right. <laughs> they damage right. the teeth the right. most. And I think like metal on the mouth, like in winter, it can get also very cold. Yes. And in summer, maybe a bit too hot. Uh, you have to really look what your horse is happy with. Like some horses would be perfectly happy with uh, with a rubber one. Uh, I think what, what owners that I know use the most are the plastic ones sure. with a big hole for drinking, you know, okay, but you really sure. have to just have a look what your horse right. is happy with. And probably too, like uh, slow feeders or anything metal like that, that you feed your horses in, you probably need to be cautious. I mean, you of can, that. like, you, you, yes, like you can, I mean, if I don't know if you know, like a hay net, mm -hmm. you know, so right. it's, it's maybe useful for, for, for owners who, who feed hay. Uh, so the horse actually has to actively pull the hay out of right. it. So mm -hmm. um, this also slows down the, the feeding process a bit. You know, it's also the the horse gets busy with uh, with trying to to take the the little hay parts out of the net. So uh, this is this could also be one solution, or the kind of crates that you put on a crib. So it works similarly, you know, mm -hmm. so the horse also mm -hmm. has to put some work in, in, in getting the food. I think that um, we've looked at more so now, like the slow feeders as being so helpful just because horses love to graze. And you as a veterinarian, I'm sure, like when you say that they're out in pasture can graze and then the, it's tougher for them too, you know, but we've really felt that that's a good option for people to look at if they, you know, especially the dirt paddocks and things are just horses have such a hard time in something that's just dirt so that helps too yes. and I'm sure having the hay net instead of anything else is better for their teeth mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. I have a question about the um the way that the horse eats is there anything to be said for trying to find something that is like ground level because that's more of their natural habitat 
or does it matter if they eat out of um, something that's up on the wall and they're pulling it out? Does that make a difference when they're eating? Um, It makes, it does make a difference. I mean, um, if you look um, at how the horses in, in nature eat, so they go down, they take grass and they, they, level the head a bit up, mm-hmm. you know, so they can look around and see if there may be a predator is coming. Right. They don't, they, they, they graze uh, on the ground level, but to, to really eat, they put the teeth, the head a bit up. Um, it should not be, so you can put the hay, uh, hay net or the crib, ideally as low as possible, mm-hmm. but um, doesn't necessarily have to be completely on the ground. It can be a little bit elevated, mm-hmm. but if it's too high, then again, it makes difference for the for the teeth mm-hmm. uh, because um, naturally, when the horse um, is, you know, when the the head is um, down, uh, the lower jaw also goes down. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and it's better, much better for the wear. Mm-hmm. If you put the hay net too high. Um, this, this, this movement is very limited. Mm-hmm. So this, this leads to build of so-called hooks. Yeah. So this is, um, because, because the jaw cannot really, cannot really go completely to yeah. the end, you know, it doesn't really meet the end of the upper jaw. Mm-hmm. That's why, That's it's, you know, mm-hmm. those little hooks are, are developing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really um, interesting. And the things that we've tried to do for the horses to make it seem more comfortable, like we would mm-hmm. want it, yes. is maybe not the best thing or the way that yeah. we eat no. our would want yeah. our food, you know, mm-hmm. warm, warm, uh, you know, bran mash in the wintertime. We, yeah. you know, when we were younger, we thought yeah. that was really good. And, mm-hmm. you know, because they, we thought we like warm food, you know, mm-hmm. they would probably like these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Absolutely. And it's, it's uh, everything you want to do. You, you want horse to be more comfortable. You want horse mm-hmm. to be better. <laughs> but it's actually it would be the most happy if you just actually yes. leave it alone right yes <laughs> don't do so much don't do so much yeah yep because you know just the horse i mean very rarely horse really need blankets you know it's like mm. it's when it's really cold outside but i mean like uh, below zero far below zero you, you they they really then need blankets but if you let them develop their natural hair you know their natural um, yeah. coat it's normally it shouldn't be problem at all that's mm. good to do know do you think that's too nice. for like we have an older pony and he really he's yeah. getting pretty old um he's so good he's but very he's so happy old. bless his heart so yeah. we're getting into the colder weather i mean do you even think when they're older to put them on even like I mean, when it gets to about zero or is there a place where, I mean, for like the more mature horses, do you think it makes a difference or do you think you treat them the same way? I mean, definitely if they are getting old, which uh, ponies can can get very old, but um, the horses, I mean, definitely the older horses, they, they a lot of them or some of them, they need blankets for the night okay. because they lose a lot of energy trying to stay warm, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even though they develop those really thick coat, really thick hair, they still, they are still lo- losing a lot of energy to keep the body warm. So they, they tend to get very skinny. <laughs> um, also, you have to, with older horses also, you know, I'm the dentist, so of course I'm talking about the teeth. Yes, <laughs> right. You know, the nature, it, it didn't plan for horses to get that old because I don't know how it is in the US, but in Germany, we have a lot of horses that are 30 plus, like 35, 36. Wow. So mm. of course, as I said, the dentition it's limited at some point okay. so 
sometimes there is not enough substance to, to substance to really shred the hay. Mm -hmm. That's why the older horses they they need special kind of food. Sometimes they yes. need those hay, like hay cobs. So this is like this cut and uh, dried out grass that can be can be turned with water into this little so um, cut grass. little yeah little soup. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Is there anything that you would tell, um, you know, horse owners that perhaps we didn't touch on that you feel is good to know that we didn't discuss, you know, that would be good tips for uh, good, um, you know, taking care of their teeth or with you, you know, someone coming to uh, examine them? Did we pretty mm -hmm. much cover? Um I think we covered most of the okay. important uh, topics. Um, yes, like you should always um, have a really good look at your horse. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I sometimes I recommend the owners to take a picture of your horse once a month because a lot of people, they just like suddenly, uh, you know, they suddenly get scared because the horse is got so thin suddenly, you know, but it has been has been losing weight for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I That's recommend to really, mm -hmm. you know, document how your horse look like maybe also its weight if it's possible for you. Um, check the surroundings always like if you find any any suspicious, um, you know, pattern or uh, like something abnormal in mm -hmm. uh, in in feeding uh check the feces of the horse mm -hmm. regularly mm -hmm. also like if it's uh, how long are the the food part particles in the in the in the um in feces and uh, if there are any grains left and if are there any worms um this is something i mean like feces right. can tell you also a lot of about the condition of the horse mm -hmm. and uh, Yes, I think okay. those are the most important things. Okay. Um, I have Thank one you. more question. So if you're purchasing yes. a horse and that horse has never had any um, equine um, dentistry, is is yes. that like, are there horses when they haven't had any of it at all that, I mean, does it take a lot longer to get them back into shape that when you're taking care of them to like float their teeth or take care of those things? Or is it just a pretty normal experience um the same as if you were just doing something on a regular basis um well that's a very interesting point actually because uh i think like um dental exam is not always involved in the pre-purchase examination like okay. it's not like um it's not a standard mm -hmm. okay it's, but it's very important because not only like yes uh, it's as i said you you don't necessarily see the dental pathology mm -hmm. but um that doesn't mean there are none you know mm -hmm. and even in young horses it still can be a tooth that is for example dead or diseased maybe it's not making any problems now but it might make some problems in the future mm -hmm. and it's a uh, yes first of all if the question is if the horse's health will be restored but mm -hmm. it's also uh, a cost factor involved because this can all those procedures, you know, like dental float, it's not um, very expensive, but a tooth extraction, mm -hmm. like extraction, uh, like a complicated uh, extraction of a fractured tooth mm -hmm. can be very expensive. I'm so sure. this is something that you, it could be like thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, 
you should definitely, if you are buying, if you are thinking about buying a horse, you should definitely have a very good look okay. and proper dental, dental examination before. Okay. Good Very good. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. all really good information. So yeah. thank you for that. Um, we're going to take a yes. short break. And when we come back, we'll enter our next segment, Canter Banter. Our next segment, Canter Banter, is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing and Stalls, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family-owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866 866- Six five three eight nine eight four. Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand new blog at www.yourhorsefarm.com. We publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month. Yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource, so be sure to share with all the horse lovers in your life. And remember, laugh much and ride often. So when I was working at the clinic um, a couple of years ago, we had a horse uh, came with, came in came came in with a fracture of the canine canine tooth. Canine? Mm. Sorry, my English is canine. Like, canine. Did very you're well. Doing really no, well. very well. <laughs> Thank very, you. Very well. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it has the fractured canine and. Um, so we didn't think much of it. We took x-rays. It was broken. You know, the half of the tooth was missing and uh, we took it out. And a couple of days later, um, another horse came in the clinic from the same stable with a big abscess uh, on his glutes, so on his butt. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually took this missing piece out of the tooth from the horse oh. that uh, came oh, before. No. So he oh, no. <laughs> In the ass, so to say, and uh, yeah, that's how he lost his <laughs> What a story. Oh. That is really coincidence. Yeah. Wow. Now you know the rest of the story. Wow. That's cute. <laughs> yes, that would be quite a surprise. <laughs> well, I'm glad they both did well after the attention that you gave them. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all your equestrian family and friends. You can tune into the Late Night Writers podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>